welcome to another episode of Queen Tone. I am Queen your host. <laughs> That's Sorry. become like a like a thing now. Queen Tone. Queen Tone. <laughs> I am I am your host Dana, and I am your other host Nina. I. All right. That's all right. my stage name, y'all. Don't judge me. <laughs> uh, so, how's your week going so far, girl? Busy. I don't know my up from down. We recording about an hour late. <laughs> I had to pick the kids up from school, go to work, try to find parking. The kid is a puppy. Yeah. Same difference. Um, I mean, honestly. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, a dog, but a yeah, toddler. It's just, <laughs> same thing. Same thing. I yell at Telly like she's a toddler. You do. AZ. A lot has been going on. I'm really just trying to do my best. That's it. That's all I can say. I'm just trying to do my best. What about you? Another same week of working from, like, I wish I at least had one day to go out to, like, work somewhere else. Um, mm-hmm. It's the same. I mean, the work days are different, but it's also, like, I tend to work more just because I, there's no yeah. need to, like, get up there's and There's no separation. Train. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, oh, I can keep doing this. Um so, yeah, it's it's pretty much the same. So, what are they doing with y'all office space? It's just sitting there. Um, like oh. they they've started a plan where we can schedule time to go in to like get our stuff because I literally mm-hmm. left one day and just never went back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you can come in to get your stuff, but you still can't come in to like work or anything like that. So, yeah, it's just working. Like today for lunch, I took a lunch break and cooked dinner. <laughs> I was like I need to, <laughs> I was in Zoom meetings all day like I need I need some type of some type of break so yeah I made a whole ass dinner that's hilarious I went into the office so we go into the office once at least once a week um depending on what your job title is like sometimes you might have to go in more so today was my day and I just feel like why did I pick Mondays oh yeah I picked Mondays thinking that like oh yeah I'll start my week I'll go into work you know, like get stuff done. Then I'll have the second half, you know, the end of my week. I don't have to worry about going into work, but now I'm just like, Lord, maybe yeah, I should have picked Wednesday. Yeah. But I said, that sounds like a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. Cause Mondays are all, already a struggle. Already a struggle. I know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it I'm making it. it is, I'm, I am counting to the days till this damn election is over and people stay off my phone and out of my inbox. Um, oh yeah. I just feel like a lot of things are very hostile now. Um, some even some of these messages is like, "Bitch, you voting?" Like, <laughs> no, it's just very, like, "Stop texting me, please." Right, before it's I block very you. hostile. Stop <laughs> before I don't vote at all. Like, I'm not gonna do that. But right. damn, one thing I have been doing this week though that has been bringing me joy is listening to Mariah Carey's book. So it's been taking me a long time to finish it, but it is very intriguing. She, I don't think I really knew much about Mariah Carey's personal life until I started to listen to this book, but she is a very interesting person. And everything that I thought about her as being a diva is so true. Um, And yeah, I didn't realize, yeah, it's a lot of things. She talks about race a lot, about like being a mixed person. It's it's a very interesting read. I suggest that anybody who's out there thinking about getting it, I think it's a good read. I saw um, her interview with Oprah. It was like an Apple TV exclusive. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Um, which it did kind of make me curious to like, I kind of want to know 
what's in the book. But then I read like a 10 things you should know from the Ryan Carey memoir. Uh, oh, like, that's oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good summary. <laughs> All the things everybody's talking about. Like I pretty got a pretty good. good Let's do our queen shit shout out because Although you may be listening to this later in the week, we're recording this on Monday, the day after Lovecraft Country's season finale, not series, season finale, season one just wrapped up. And we cannot go without giving a shout out to Misha Green, who is the creator and showrunner of Lovecraft Country. Now, everybody's talking about Jordan Peele and whoever else because they're executive producers. Fuck them. This is exactly why we have Queen Tone, because we are uplifting the women who are who are actually behind the success of these shows. The and Misha mind. just has showed her ass all season. Yes, yes. And to add to, so Misha Green is also the, I don't know if she's the creator of Underground as well, but she's the director of it too. So oh, even I knowing didn't realize that, that, even knowing that, it connects because I feel like I have the same feelings um, between like watching underground and then also watching Lovecraft country. Mm. Um, and if you all are unfamiliar with Lovecraft country, um, shame on you, but it's, it's <laughs> an amazing show that just wrapped up on HBO. Um, it has, and I don't like, I don't even want to attempt to, to try and describe what the wait, show wait, is. Did you see SNL this weekend with, with Issa Rae, Issa Rae and, the, and she trying to explain what the fuck Lovecraft country is about. And it's literally, you can't explain it. Just watch. It got, got a little got a little bit of everything in there. Um, but, yeah, it's a great show. So definitely shout out to Misha Green. Um, and also for folks who watch it, um, a plug for the podcast to uh, Lovecraft Radio, which definitely helps me process every week after every episode. Um, but definitely Misha Green is on her queen shit. Um, but specifically, I kind of even want to double click into Lovecraft of Diana D. Mm-hmm. Freeman who is a mm-hmm. character in Lovecraft. Um, I just feel like she she really did what needed to be done. Um, this is a spoiler alert, too, for the, for the finale. Um, but her getting her arm from her mother, who is, is, all, is now all-knowing and all-powerful, mm-hmm. um, and actually doing what needs to be done as far as killing Christina. Because yes. um, I feel like we always see it in things where it's like a, leaving a little bit of glimpse of hope by like, Oh, they're kind of alive, but she just doesn't have a power, but she still no, can that bitch live. dead. Yeah. <laughs> and D was like, no, y'all not going to change. Like, Mm-mm. and I, I feel like seeing that part of the show and seeing like the story arc of D of starting off as this innocent 13 year old girl to quickly having her father killed, having her best friend who was Emmett Till murdered with no justice. And we know yeah. he never really got justice. Right. Um, and then having her mother leave her and then what the cop coming and putting a curse, on, a curse her, on her and then With the having her haunted by much. the by Topsy and Bobsy. And then the curse kills her arm and she's an artist. So then that basically takes away her talent. Mm-hmm. And like I think of the on Twitter a few times, it was the question of like at what moment um, at what moment in, li- in your life were you radicalized? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was all these small moments that turned that like really opened these eyes yeah. up and was and forced her to grow up. Um, Absolutely. And what's interesting too is a lot of folks on Twitter who were responding when they said like what moment in life for the black people responding, they all had an incidence when they were a child. 
and mm. it, it happened something happened to them that made them like open their eyes and see the world for what it really was um compared to the non-black folks they were much older usually in college and it was something happening to someone else yeah so even of it's course. like to see for us how shit like that happens at a young age but definitely shout out to d um i love that that story arc is just in the bionic arm it gave me misty night vibes um so it was definitely i'm definitely here for that um yes. so that's if you haven't watched lovecraft country watch it if you haven't watched underground watch it it's not the typical all right so let's get into this week's topic we're talking millennial marriage and what millennial marriage or what marriage even is. So, you know, we were kind of inspired by some of the things that have been going on in pop culture this week and last week. And so we just decided, hey, why not tackle this topic? So, you know, I'm currently in a relationship. I've been in a relationship. Um, well, in this iteration of my relationship, I've been to get, we've been together about three years. Um, before that, we were together since we were 16. Uh, but we took a five-year break, guys, so it's, it's not as dramatic as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Dana? What's your relationship status? Um, I currently belong to the streets right now. Um, <laughs> as do many others. <laughs> um, no, I'm not in any type of serious relationship right now. Um, so I'm living life, doing what I do, being young, cool. wild, and free. Absolutely. It's always a hot girl summer. It's internal. <laughs> even, even in a pandemic. And no, even in a not. pandemic. Well, yeah, I was say, mm, cold, not cold, according to the CDC. Right. It's a, it's a, it should be a cold girl winter. <laughs> right. So as far as like your ideal of marry, marriage or getting married, like growing up versus now, like did you grow up wanting to get married? And if so, like what, I guess, what made you want to get married? And now that we're in our 30s, has your opinion changed about marriage as as, as we've gotten older? Yeah, that's a good question. I think growing up, marriage was, I saw it in the future, but it was very far off into the future. So no actual like plans. I wasn't 15 thinking about marriage or hell, even like 24 thinking about marriage. Um, But I saw it a lot growing up um, because my parents have been married for like 34 years, something like that. Um, And a lot of the relationships in my family, most of them, not all, but most of them um, have also been married for the majority of my life. Um, so I saw marriage, um, but it, it was just like, oh, this is a thing that you do when you're an adult um, mm. versus like, I never really fell into the Disney princess. Oh, I'm going to find, go grow up and find a Prince Charming. Um, I also was very much so a tomboy. So even that whole idea of like little girls growing up to find their prince never really fit me. Um, mm-hmm. But I think now, and definitely like in the last few years, I've definitely thought about marriage. Um, I want to get married, but I feel like I want to get married definitely for different reasons than what's popular or common. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely to me, I see it as like joining in a business. Yes, there's love and romance and all of that, but I don't think that's a, the only factor that should go into getting married. Um, it's definitely, I mean, it is a legal document. Yeah. Like there should be more thought and more, um, requirements going in than just really loving a person. 
Um, Because you could really love a person, but they could be a horrible business partner. They could be a horrible parent. They could be, you know, other things that I think would go into um, doing life with. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it's it's something I want. Um, It's not as high on my list of things to do, um, even as I approach 30. Or, mm-hmm. shit, I am 30 now, so even into my 30s. I was about to say, are we yeah. in 2019 again? Or? Oh, shit, I wish. Um, I mean, I know if you wanted to tell the masses, but... <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. What, what about you? Is marriage on the horizon for you, or did you grow up kind of planning your wedding and things like that? I planned well, my reception uh, and the music. I <laughs> I've never actually planned the wedding or the groom, but I know the all, the, all, the, yeah. all the musical points are written. Of course. You already have a playlist. Um, for me, it's funny because I think I'm kind of the opposite of you because I did not grow up seeing a lot of marriages or really any marriages, um, that were successful. Like my parents, they got divorced when I was young. Um, and as far as my like aunts and uncles, none of them were really like they, some of them were in marriages, but not like happy ones. Um, so I don't like remember growing up, like seeing a happy functional marriage at all. Um, and then when you think about the, the stories that I heard about my grandfather and my, um, grandmother on my mother's side, like, uh, would never, um, (laughs) when you say Papa was a rolling stone. Okay. Like, yeah, yes. My aunt and uncle are a few months apart. Let's just say that. So, um, no, literally. So, you know, I never grew up seeing like functional marriages, but I always, like, I grew up being a hopeless romantic. So like literally as a little girl, I would fantasize about my wedding, not necessarily about being married. Cause I didn't understand the concept of marriage. Right. Especially growing up, not seeing it, but I knew I wanted this fabulous wedding dress. I wanted purple elephants and doves that were painted <laughs> gold and purple. I don't know. It was going to be some type of cute ass wedding. I knew what type of food I wanted. I want lamb chops. I want surf and turf. Like I knew all of those things, but necessarily did not have a groom in mind or even thought about like who I was going to marry or even thought that I would um, want to get married. And and then as I've gotten older, um, I think I see marriage more as a contractual obligation that is not necessarily needed in order to do a lot of the things that people want to do. Because I mean, it's, you know, especially now versus my, when my grandmother was alive, you don't need a man to make money. You don't have to, you can have a baby out of wedlock and you're not going to die or burn in hell. Um, you know, there's like all these things. It's like, ah, I don't actually need to be married to somebody. And actually, I don't think I've ever desired any of the partners that I've ever had. I've never desired to marry them except for the partner that I have now. Um, and I will say, I mean, we met pretty young and when I was younger, I was like, I'm going to marry him. Um, but like, you know, like again, half-heartedly because I didn't understand what marriage is, but as an adult, I'm like, oh, I could marry him and be okay with it. And that would be the person that I would marry. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of like how my idea of marriage has definitely evolved over time. And I think for a lot of us, as we've, as we've reached our thirties, for those of us who are not married yet, seeing our peers get married because you know Dana and I were going to weddings back to back what was that summer 2016 yeah like mid early to mid 20s everybody was getting married and I was just like oh not for me (laughs) thanks for the invite love your love yeah and as time goes on I'm seeing more and more proposals and things and so it's definitely been more on my mind um but not necessarily something that I aspire to um, but I will say because of my current partner, I'm like, oh, I, I could marry you. Like, what's the hold up? 
you know? So is your, is then your interest in marriage more clear or more desirable because you have like a man in that position that could fulfill it Mm -hmm. compared to like, I'm not dating anyone or in a long-term relationship. So that it's just an idea right now. It's not put into, or actually being able to plan with an actual person. Well, you know, that's a good question because I've had, I mean, I've had long relationships um, where we've talked about marriage and honestly, even though I may have said like, oh yeah, one day we could get married. I never actually felt the feeling that I feel now where it's like, oh, I could actually marry this person and be okay with it. Where in those other, and I'm telling you like two year relationships, year relationships, you know, you kind of going down that path and you, or you have these talks and it's like, oh yeah, like, you know, I want to get married. You want to get married. But do we want to marry each other um, is the key distinction in those relationships. So it's like those those relationships don't compare to this one because I actually see myself like, oh, yes, I'm going to go to the courthouse, sign that piece of paper and I'm going to marry you. And we can do that tomorrow if you ask me right now, you know, that type of thing where those other relationships, I was just kind of like, Haha, hell no. Like if it was yeah. to come down to it and they proposed to me, I probably would have said no. Yeah, you I, know? I think to my my unofficial litmus test with guys that I've dated has always been, like I said, my parents have been married for a long time. And one of the things that I saw, saw kind of seeing their marriage and living, you know, in their marriage was even decades later, for the most part, they still like each other. Like not 100% of the time, Mm -hmm. because no, no one likes each other 100% of the time, but like they still get excited to go to Home Depot or Sam's Club on Saturdays with each other. (laughs) And when I think of niggas that I've dated, it's like, that's real. I cannot imagine 20 years from now, I'm excited to be in bedding at a Sam's Club or, you know, like buying bulk chicken, chicken fingers or whatever in Sam's Club and being excited about it. Like you probably would have got on my my nerves like year two. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so I think that also plays a part in like, and we've talked even separately outside of this of like, we get glamorized with the wedding and the proposal and everything like that. But the right. actual marriage, we usually don't even see examples of an actual marriage past the honeymoon phase. You know, TV, yeah. movies, even the favorite celebs, you don't even really get to see into that. Which I right. You don't, you don't see it unfiltered because right. I mean, relationships take work right. and anybody who tells you, I mean, Anybody in a relationship knows. Relationships takes work. Not everything is rosy. You know this. People should know this. Um, and so, yeah. It's, you don't know. No, now you know. <laughs> and so, you know, when people say relationship goals or, you know, they're com- they're comparing themselves or they're posting pictures of people, it's like, give it time because you'll either find out that he cheated. Shit, even Beyonce got cheated on. Right. Love her. But even Beyonce got cheated on. Yeah. So, you know, it's like marriage, especially for women, is is not always the most lucrative lucrative thing so it really is damn i really have to love this nigga to in order to sign that piece of paper so we did ask our followers um both on twitter and social media to sound off on this topic we specifically asked some questions uh surrounding why do you even want to get married um and so we asked our non-married friends um on on our social media why they want to get married and so some of the comments that we got back is here's the first one. I want to share my life, happiness, and accomplishments with someone. Okay. Uh, this next one is uh, oh, companionship and benefits. 
I'm assuming the benefits uh, may be insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that, that a lot of, part. you know, yeah, I was like, oh, benefits, money, life insurance policy. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, another person said kids and a life partner. Okay. So they feel like they need to get married in order to have kids mm-hmm. um, or to have a life partner. Um, partnership in love is, is one that we got on Twitter. And then stability is another one that we got on Twitter. Then we, um, for the married folk, um, the ones who put a ring on it, uh, they said we were in love and had created a family together. Making it official made it complete. Uh, Another response, I loved who I was with and wanted to build a life and family together. Uh, Growing in life with a partner. Um, On Twitter, someone said partnership and love. Um, and then one was, I was dating with intention of being married. I wasn't looking for someone just to be in a relationship with. Hmm. And I will say too, that one came from a man. Um, so oh. even saying like first date sitting down, this is my intention. Um, yes. Which, which happened to one of our friends apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, well, I thought it was rare until we actually started like probing and talking about this. I know people um, are like sitting down on first happened. dates. Like, so I want to be. Um, a wife slash husband and mother slash father. Yeah. Uh, if this not your plan, then we need not go on a second date. <laughs> I, I, I love the transparency. You know what you want. You say what you want, and you go for it. Uh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, well, some people, and we'll get into this later, but some people take that intention or that intensity of knowing what you want as pressure. <laughs> yeah, people word, words mean things too. <laughs> Words do mean Words things. Words definitely mean things. Um, but yeah, it seems kind of along the same lines of wanting to get married for either kids um, and whether or not like it's the kids become before the marriage or after the marriage. But I'm assuming too also having like a partner to raise um, said child. Or oh, yeah. Don't nobody want to raise no snot nose little kid by themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you, you can do it. It's capable. You can do it. Possible, I was raised by a single mother. But... She had three kids. I don't understand how she did it. Yeah. Um, or love, um, sharing in life and happiness, and it kind of being the next step in life. I, I for the for the one um, who said stability too, um, I think that's still probably something that kind of has carried on through generations. You know, even kind of we mm-hmm. hinted upon, um, you know, back in the day with like our grandparents in the fifties, forties, sixties, things like that. It was women needed to get married in order to have stability, you know, in order to um, be taken care of because they, you know, went from their father taking care of them and then finding a husband to be able to take care of them um, and and have that children and have children. Um, But even now I feel like stability is important. It just, it just may look different. So I'm not solely marrying, marrying you for, you know, financial gain. Um, It may just be stability of, splitting responsibility even if those responsibilities aren't monetary necessarily yeah taking care of the household um and i and i think that that also may come from you know how people grow up i mean clearly i don't know how this particular person grew up who says stability but i could see how growing up if you grew up in a single parent household or you grew up like i did like i grew up poor (laughs) we know we were rich in in family and love and 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 poor in the material things of life (laughs) (laughs) and i can see how you could how you could be like you know what i don't want to do this anymore so i'm gonna need either you know somebody who's 
who's my equal and can contribute exactly what I can or contribute more. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I know a lot of us are out, are out here trying to be housewives. I'm trying to be kept, not a housewife, but I'm trying to be kept mm-hmm. distinct difference. Um, so yeah, so I, I, I get stability and with kids, I don't know, you don't need to necessarily be married in order to have kids. Like I'm just not of that thought. Um, but, and I don't think that just because you're not married and you have a child doesn't mean you have to be a single parent, right? Like one of my friend's parents has been, have been in a relationship for almost 30 years and they've never signed a marriage certificate, but they, they operate as a married couple and you would never know the difference. Um, in fact, when she, when they told me, I was like, Oh, your parents aren't married. Who knew? Um, so it's possible in order to have a whole life with somebody, have multiple kids, have a house, have a cars and never legally be married to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody has their own reasons for wanting to be married or not. Uh, and we actually have some statistics here about just like millennial marriage and some of the things uh, that we found interesting. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a woman who loves data and numbers. So I was excited to to get some some data on this. Um, but a few interesting facts on millennials getting married um, is that millennials are actually driving um, a decline, a 24% decline in U.S. divorce rates. Um, so people aren't getting as divorced as often. Um, but that's because millennials are often waiting um, later in life uh, mm. to get married or even get married at mm-hmm. all. Um, right in, in 2019, only 44% of millennials were married. Um, and compared to the per- the higher percentages of the generations before them, so Gen X, Boomers, um, and things makes like that. sense to me. When you got student loan debt and living at home, it's really hard to get married. Right, right. Um, and then the median age um, at first marriage um, has has edged up. In 2019, the average man first got married at 30, and the average woman at 28. Um, and hmm. this is three years later for both men and women than what it was in 2003. And four years later than what it was in 1987, um, and then even seven years later than in 1968. So you can see, like now, 30, yeah. 28 now is like the norm age to get married. But you know, back back in the day, it was like 20, 20. And I can't even imagine. Granted, our lives are different at that at that, those phases in life now. But I just could not imagine being married at being married at 21, 22. Yeah. And here's what's yeah. interesting too is. Specifically for black millennials, um, black millennials are far less likely to be married than millennials and other racial and ethnic groups. 24% Hmm. compared with 51% of Asians, 48% of white, and 42% of Hispanic millennials. Um, But this racial gap is also similar for older generations. Um, So specifically when we talk about our people, it's even less for millennials to um, to get married compared to... Yes, that that racial or ethnic group. Um, I wonder why that is. I wonder if there is if there's some theories behind uh, those statistics. But very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of getting into what I I'll read these statistics, but then I want to ask you specifically um, as far as the the why or kind of the benefit of marriage. Um, but you know, traditionally, marriage was like we said before you know, women find men so that they can um, have stability and have income, have someone taking care of them, have children and things like that. Um, But that was when women didn't work or um, Mm -hmm. didn't have, even if they did work, it wasn't um, careers or jobs that was lucrative enough to be self-sustaining for a Mm -hmm. woman to, you know, to live a life on her own or um, like you said, be a single mom. 
But in 2020, yeah. that is not the case. Um, not at all. And I do just want to add, though, that we are sitting here as two college-educated women. We both have master's degrees. We both live in major cities. We both make a good amount of money. Not tell our business. Um, but, you know... <laughs> right. Bless up. Bless up. <laughs> so it's like, I, I do want to acknowledge that we have privilege yes. um, where a lot of uh, where other women don't. Right. And so we're we're talking from our perspective of being able to say like, oh, I actually don't need a partner, man or woman, in order to supplement my income or to help me with the bills or to take care of a child. If I have one, if I had if I had a child right now, I could absolutely take care financially take care of my child by myself. Yeah. Um, and so that's just the perspective we're coming from. So, I, cause I don't want Twitter coming for our next, yeah. um, for, and, for leaving And out. let me be clear. <laughs> if someone comes along, who's willing to take care and do everything. Look, I said, I'd like to see that. Like I'm, I'm yeah. fine with being kept. Okay. I'm, I'm, look. <laughs> I'll run a foundation. I'll have a cute little, little fundraisers. <laughs> right. I will be making uh star shaped pancakes for the kids. Um, <laughs> no, I'll still have a nanny for that. Let's be real. I said kept, not housewife. Kept. <laughs> Lord, Lord. Um, but to get into some some facts on kind of the benefits of, of marriage for women. Um, so it turns out from a study done by Psychology Today, um, marriage actually benefits men more than it does women. Research has shown that the marriage benefits which can be classified as health, wealth, and happiness, um, go disproportionately to men. Married men are better off than single men. On the other hand, married women are not better off than unmarried women. Mm -hmm. um, and then when we look at those folks in marriages, um, so for heterosexual marriages, two-thirds of divorces are initiated by women. Mm -hmm. um, and what I found interesting about this was it's not, it's not only true for young women. Um, a AARP survey of about a thousand men and women who are the, between the ages of 40 and 79 who were divorced found that 66% of those women said that they initiated the split. Hmm. So then it's a question of, you know, men tend to pack be, your shit, right? pack your <laughs> shit. Men tend to benefit <laughs> from marriage, and then when women are in these marriages Absolutely. at all ages, it's the women who are initiating the divorces and saying that they're not. Um, they're not happy. Um, and then to add on to that, um, a recent um, paper by a Stanford sociologist surveyed um, a sample size of about 2,000 heterosexual adults in relationships um, and found that um, roughly two-thirds of those breakups in heterosexual marriages um, were that the women were, un were unhappy. So in the marriages, the women mm -hmm. were unhappy. But mm -hmm. when it came to relationships, so non-marital relationships, the women were more ha were more happy, um, mm -hmm. or or um, reported to be to be satisfied. Um, so it's a difference between just saying women in a relationship or marriage, or specifically marriage. Um, and this finding appears to provide support for the notion that women experience the institution of marriage as oppressive, in large part because it emerged from and still carries the imprint of a system of female subjugation. And nothing feel, about that surprises me. <laughs> yeah, that literally nothing. It just provided proof to what I already felt like. I already knew this. When I think I um, have arguments about this yeah. every six months. And and <laughs> and it can it can even be seen in things of like, and we've had conversations about like 
changing women changing their last names and the roots of that is very um possessive and traditionalist and oppressive as opposed to now you know now most people's like oh it's tradition yes um and i don't see i don't see anything wrong with it but also as young girls or as women it's always been the notion of oh when i get married my name is going to change so of course it's more palatable because yeah. it's been fed to you since it's, it's funny i don't think i've ever i'm trying to think if i've ever dreamt about changing my last name maybe hyphen it but i have a very unique last name i'm nigerian um my partner has you know he has a last name that is not it's it's what some would deem as a common last name mm -hmm. um but even outside of that i mean as a statistic showing what we already know marriage a, lo a lot of marriage especially the history of marriage in modern day is is based in patriarchy mm -hmm. and so the whole proposal and changing of the last names and the women you know even statistically doing more housework and taking care of the kids and not being promoted because you're married and have children versus right. your male counterparts who are married with children but still get promoted despite um having that because their children their wives yeah, take on all of the responsibility and even today i see it literally at work where my my um my male colleagues are on the on 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 the calls at 6 30 at night just like i am but the but my uh female colleagues with children they're like i have to go yeah i have to you know i have a baby screaming or i have to go pick up the kids from school or or they're literally on the bus like this happened yeah. on the bus and and sorry and saying sorry about the background noise i had to pick up you know my child from from school do you know how um, many even just in the time of COVID, how many of my because like I said before, I don't have kids, but my coworkers, how many times the women apologize for like their kids being in the screen right. or asking for something. And I'm like, please stop apologizing for your kid yeah. wanting a fruit snack. Like it's, right. it's fine. We're in a, like we're in a, all at home. Yeah. We're all at home <laughs> in a pandemic. Shout out, side note, just shout out to people at home all day with kids. Cause I Oof. could not imagine that's a special kind of kids. hell i'm not gonna lie <laughs> trying trying to teach this new math um <laughs> <laughs> the new math the new math how many apples right. does johnny have johnny has five <laughs> damn apples <laughs> no seriously anything and the, and the thing about marriage for me and this is why i've never envisioned myself getting married and it's funny because even when i'm when i got back together with my current partner after being separated for five years the first conversation we had um, before we thought we were ever going to get back together, right? This is just a friendly lunch with an ex. Mm -hmm. um, I had even mentioned like, yeah, I just got out of, I, I mean, I, I was still dating somebody at that point, right? I was still, I literally in a relationship at this lunch with my ex. And I said, I don't think I will ever get married. I said, I literally said this to him. I said, I don't think I will ever get married. I just don't think it's in the cards for me. Like, I just don't think it's for me. And I really felt that way. Like I was a hundred percent at the end of my rope in that relationship and was like, this shit is not for me. Like, I just don't ever think I'm, I'm, you know, I was like, I'm very independent. I'm very much like, if you can't give me what I got already, I don't need you. So I just kept dating men who in after, you know, after a time period, you know, you, you get together, it's all honeymoon phase, everything's great, everybody has potential, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
And then over time, you you know, in a relationship, you understand, could I marry this person? And I just kept saying, no, <laughs> I don't think I could ever marry this person. And so it's so funny that that conversation, that first conversation we had after five years of not talking, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever get married. It's just not for me. And here I am looking stupid, bozo the clown. <laughs> <laughs> after going home to break up with my current boyfriend that exact same night. And then getting back together with my current partner, three years later, here we are. And I'm like, you know, okay, so when are you proposing to me? Is that is that happening now or in six months? Is, is it this calendar year or next calendar year? Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. And, and one other thing, I know we were just talking about like marriage, marriage being a patriarchy. So again, I want to acknowledge that me and Data think a certain way, right? We're, we're very similar. I understand that there are women out there who don't think that changing your last name is oppressive or, or doing, or, you know, some of those things that come with marriage in this patriarchal society that we live in is, is, um, is oppressive to them. And the thing about it is with patriarchy or, or even I'll say the inverse or like with feminism is that you have the choice, right? So if you choose and you're like, I really want to take my husband's last name because that is something that I want to do, not something that your husband forced on you. 100% believe it's your choice. Love it will call you whatever you want. But in these situations where I see a lot of men, because this comes up a lot in conversations that I'm in, because I'm absolutely positively not changing my last name. It's just, I don't care who I, I could literally be marrying anybody and I would not change my last name. I think I, my opinion on the last name thing is, um, I'm open to hyphenating. Um, Mm -hmm. But, and I've, I've never wanted to change my name, one, because I like, I just like how my name sounds. I think, two, if I was, I've also had this name for 30 years. Like, the older I get, the older I get without being married, the more time that I've been this person. So it's not like, Mm -hmm. oh, when I was young, like, anytime I'll run into people who refer, I'll be out with my mom, and they refer to her by her maiden name. And it's like, oh, you knew her when she was basically a child. Because she, mm-hmm. you know, she got married when she mm-hmm. was younger or things like that versus at this point, half of my life or a little bit less than half of my life will have been at this um, with my current last name. Um, and with family history too, like my last name is not a white man's last name. Um, like a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, historically with, um, with us black Americans, my grandfather, whose father was a white man, he actually changed his name um, to a black man's name. Um, his mother's stepfather. So it's like family history of my name was chosen as opposed to it was given to us by default with Mm -hmm. no actual um, cultural reference. So it's also like a pride of this name was chosen Um, to the point of it being patriarchy. Yes, it's also my dad's name, but I also love my dad and I'm cool with him. So it's like, okay, (laughs) like, you know. Sounds fine. Right. Um, And my last name is short, so it's easy to to hyphenate. But like, I, yeah. So I may not be a hundred percent. I'm not going to change my name, but I'm like 98%. Um, well, for, for me, it's like, I don't plan on changing my name, but also to, to my current partner and to partners that I've had in the past, I've said, you know, I'm willing to hyphenate if we both hyphenate, like if mm-hmm. we're both insert name, insert name, and it mm-hmm. matches, or we, as a, as a, as a unit decide to pick a third last name. 
Um, to me, those are the only two options that are truly compromises because me taking your last name and you not changing anything to me is not a compromise, right? Because I'm still giving something and you're not giving anything. Plus I'm also going to lose, you know, my economic power at work. I'm going to, my body's going to be fucked up, um, because I'm bearing your children, which is something that you can't do. Right. And, and, you know, statistically I'm going to be unhappy because no matter how well you treat me, that's just how, how. How marriages are right yeah. um, and some of these things are just out of our control because that's just how society functions yeah. and so it doesn't so some things is like you can control it because you know it's you and your partner but some of those things like how I'm treated at work once I have a child is nothing I can do about that right because mm-hmm. that society putting different pressures or different expectations on me once I become a mother um, and so, you know, a lot of men are not open to hyphenating and having a matching last name or picking a third last name, which means that, okay, well, then I'm not changing my last name and you're not changing yours. And that's, then that's just what it is. Um, I, th- I think so, too, yeah. um, to your point of when you said not having the choice, I think that's very important. And I, I, I hate the idea of not being able to have choice and make decisions. So even Mm-hmm. Again, not bashing women who change their last name, but like it's a choice. So if you want to do it and you're eager to do it, go forth and do it. It's only when it's the idea of I have to do this and somehow I'm mm-hmm. having to give up something in the context of it benefiting or for me to able for me to be able to have or to quote unquote keep this man or do whatever. Yeah. Um, or or some people will be like I earned this last name yeah, and I'm like, like girl what? no he earned you yeah, like, like <laughs> the bar is on the floor yeah. <laughs> for these men <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like you no. didn't earn his last name girl he earned the right to marry you yeah. and it's okay like if you just want his last name just say that he didn't earn his last name it was it was a boy <laughs> he was born to like it's really oh. unless I somehow marry someone who is known by their last name or somebody ridiculously fa- like I'm not a fan of the Kardashians, I but I could understand no. someone I could literally a be a Kardashian, Kardashian and be like, I, maybe I want his name. that um, could be a stage name. I don't know if I would change my name. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Black China tried. Yeah, but didn't she, she didn't. She didn't make it to the. She was trying to, she was, I think her real name's Angela and she was trying to get Angela Kardashian trademarked or something, but she hadn't like actually sealed the deal. Girl, you got to seal the deal first. You got to get, drive to Vegas, get Rob (laughs) Ashton. She, she really fumbled the bag, but at least she had a baby. So, oh, we're about to get trash in the comments. I (laughs) I can already hear the the angry men just typing fast. (laughs) You know, and I've had this conversation um, I was having a conversation with my brother of like, I wish more men really understood the root of patriarchy to understand that like men screwed themselves over by mm. coming up with this whole idea of like, you complain about gold diggers, but you created the idea that men are meant to, pro- not like the men living to now, provide. but they play into no. it. Yeah. So yeah. it's not really, and then you can't. A woman be- literally could not have property not right. too long ago. Like women just got the right to vote. Like, let's come on. And that's white women. Yeah. We're not even talking about black, like women of color, black women, women who, who identify as Latino. So we're not even talking about the different variations of women. We're talking cis and trans and all these different types of women and our rights are already in this hiker, hierarchical position against just men existing and doing nothing. Yeah. So blame your mans. Um, 
for it. And granted, like, women do also feed into patriarchy too, but like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Under- women perpetuate it. Yeah, Absolutely. There are some women who perpetuate it. And I just want y'all to be free. Yeah. That's all. I just want y'all to be free. Okay, so now I want to kind of get into... So we kind of talked about, you know, like thinking about marriage growing up, how our expectations have changed. You're single. I'm not. Um, but one, one thing that has definitely come up over the last few days is this clip by the Ellis's. Um, and I just kind of want to get into, get into that. So Dana, can you explain the clip and who the Ellis's are? Yeah. So the Ellis's is the Val and Kadeen. The Val is, um, an actor, comedian, like social media comedian, ex-NFL player. Um, he's been married to his wife since they were like 17 or something. They have like a blog. Uh, not a not blog, married, but together, yeah, right? Together. They've been married. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've been married for a long, big 30s. Um, and they have three kids together. They kind of chronicle um, their lives as millennial marrieds and then also like as parents raising three whole boys. Um, and I'm obsessed with just like their family and watching their little <laughs> blogs and listening to their podcasts. Um, and so on their most recent episode that talked about um, monogamy, um, there was a clip that's online and the clip went viral. What you asked me, you said to me, you never pressured me to get married. In 2007, we were living together, right? You said you no longer wanted to live with me and shack up with me mm-hmm. because you wanted to be my wife, not my girlfriend. Right, because I wanted to know where that the don't sound like was going. pressure to you. It sounds like me voicing where I see my life going. It, it sounds like me saying, this is what I would like. You can decide to meet me there. If not, we can reevaluate what exactly we're doing. Okay. Additionally, would I call it pressure per se? Not necessarily pressure. <laughs> it is. It is. It is pressure. But you don't want to say it's pressure. What about being you engaged? You might have felt pressure. What about there being no engaged? pressure behind it. I said, we don't got to rush to get married. You said... I don't want to be engaged longer than a year. Is that not pressure? That's me voicing <laughs> my opinion about it. <laughs> Sounds like pressure to me. So you say you want to be engaged. I get engaged. You say you want to be married within a year. We do that. We get married. Then you make it seem like, like sex is a chore to your husband. Once again, I ask the question... Why do women who push forth monogamy on the man they're dating then get overwhelmed with that man who tries to provide that monogamy to you? Why do you get upset when we're trying to be what you want us to be? You don't want me to be with no one else, right? Right? I'm asking. This is a serious question. You don't want me to be with no one else. If anything, she expressed what she wanted um, and he wanted her, so therefore he acted accordingly. To me, that... Sounds like communication. Um, that that sounds like yeah. I mean, even in the clip, I mean, she sounded surprised. And to me, and of course, I think that they have a great. I mean, it looks like they have a great yeah. relationship. You can literally never tell. Um, and and if you listen to the context of the whole episode, clearly, I think I don't think it was a complete surprise. Like they probably talked about this controversial opinion beforehand or whatever and the context of the whole episode is not as bad as the clip i will say that i actually agree with him in the context of the whole clip uh and so just well i don't i don't necessarily agree with that part but the larger conversation that they had the larger conversation was around 
him saying traditionally it tends to be women who want to enter the relationship first or ask, what are we doing? What is this? Whatever. With the um, assumption that I want to be in a relationship and I want it to be a monogamous relationship. So therefore, we're only mm-hmm. having sex with each other. And then DeVal's point was if women initiate having a monogamous relationship and then when men say they aren't getting enough sex, where does, where does that leave the man if I'm only supposed to have sex with you and you don't want to have sex and you act like it's not a big deal? Like, what are they supposed to do? And yeah. they go in to say how they, this has always been a topic that they discuss a lot because Kadeen didn't know going into marriage and prior to having kids that her libido was going to change and all of this. So they had to figure it out together and have an understanding of like, what does him having a higher sex drive mean and mm-hmm. things like that. So that's where it came into like, she pressured him into getting married and that's where she's married. like, right. you know, I didn't, whatever, whatever. So we're isolating the, uh, the part about forcing or pressuring Pressuring. because there's a lot to talk about in the episode but we're just gonna we're just gonna focus in on on this particular topic and so when I heard that it was funny because I've, I've been having somewhat of the same conversations with my partner not in a way where I'm like oh you need to marry me by tomorrow or I'm leaving but more so like I I think I'm like I'm ready to get married I think we should get married within this time frame you know, this, this is what I think. What do you think? Um, and so at first I, I think I was afraid to have that conversation or be honest about that because one, I'm an Aquarius and I hate sharing my feelings. <laughs> and then two, because I know how men think and this clip fed into, I mean, we, we had this conversation before this clip surfaced, but it's funny cause I text my partner and I was like, see, this is why I didn't want to have that conversation. Cause I thought you were going to respond like this. He did not respond like that. Right. He was like, Oh, you know, it's good that you, you know, that you express that this is my timeline. Mm-hmm. So how do those timelines same, match up just to be on the same page? Right. Cause if I say six months and he says a year, that doesn't mean we have to break up. Now, if I said six months and he said eight years, then okay then we're we have a problem like we we need to reconcile this but you know it's like oh okay we can have that conversation and say all right good we're so we're 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 definitely in the same chapter we're working on getting on the same page like we both see ourselves getting married it's just our timelines are a little bit off but not so off that we have to reconsider the foundation of our relationship right but I was afraid to say that because as someone who I, I consider myself to be a very logical person, I was like, if I say this to him, he is going to take this as some type of ultimatum or pressure. And was I wrong? Boy, was I wrong that he did not interpret it like that. But for some men, they would interpret that kind of open communication as an ultimatum or as pressure um, when it's really just like saying or pushing, not pushing back, but I feel like. The husband in that situation should have said, well, honey, this is what I think. This is what I see. Are you not? I think too, for me and you as well of like, we're both planners, um, not <laughs> of both of cities, but like just planning yeah. lives, planning life out yeah. in general. So I just like to plan just to know, even if the plans change. So I think yeah. too, it's just the, and it's funny because a lot of what, 
Kadeen and DeVal talk about in their podcast is like starting these conversations that we didn't know we should have had before we got married because no one mm-hmm. told us a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. even when you talk, get married young. Yeah, yeah they, got married they, younger. they even talk about their parents are married, but they never talked about stuff like that with them. Mm-hmm. of Like going into this, you can expect that. Or um, I think for and even having an agreement and communicating to your point on expectations of things, because I think men think and just not all men but in general may think that um marriage is like a life sentence or something or doesn't see it as joy because it's restrictive Mm -hmm. um and it's like if that's what you go into it thinking then you're going to behave that way or even if you um are you come from a certain upbringing and you're with someone who comes from a different upbringing whether it be two-parent households a different type Mm -hmm. of you're doing things based off of religious values and traditions whatever you have certain expectations and if you don't voice those or share those with the person you plan to spend your life with, you're going to be surprised when they expect of you as that role something, or as that yeah, partner, something, something different. different than what mm-hmm. you signed up for. And if you would have had a conversation about it or at least said, and maybe you have no expectations and maybe that's a, I have no expectations. Yeah. So I can't guide you into what I think you as my partner should be, but yeah. I think more people should communicate and not just in romantic relationships. I mean, like, hell, we watched in the whole season of Insecure, in not. No, <laughs> and their main thing was bitches talk to each other. Yeah. Um, and I think it does have a lot to do. I mean, I think your circumstances also matter because mm-hmm. I believe they said they were living together at the time they had this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was and in the so, NFL and she had moved to Detroit to live with him while to he was be with him and yeah. stuff like that. So I think that also plays a part, right? Because yeah. I think. I've lived with a partner before. I don't, I do not suggest doing this. <laughs> living, I mean, for me, living with my boyfriend was just, yeah, ghetto, very ghetto. <laughs> and in this relationship, e- my partner is even more adamant about not living together before we're married, right? And so it's it's a different, so like our communication is on a different level because I have to force, like when we're together, like when we're not in our separate homes, like, or we have to have those conversations, which I, where I feel like when I lived with my partner, some of those things were taken for granted. You're just kind of going day by day. You're kind of, you know, you play house. That's literally what you do. You come home, you come from work, you, you, you know, you cook dinner, you kind of get into this routine where I feel like now, and our, the foundation of our relationship was long distance. We had been long distance our entire relationship since 16 up until I moved to Chicago two years, almost two years ago, not quite two years, right? We have been long distance that entire time. So communication for us has never been perfect, but it has always been something we consistently had to work on because there was no other way. Like those those th- two or three day visits, those long phone calls like that, we never could take that for granted where if you're living with somebody or you have access to somebody a little bit more often, sometimes you take those conversations for granted and you don't communicate as much as you should. No, because the free, the free spirit in me don't, I'm not about to beg a nigga for nothing. I mean, and I literally say that to my partner all the time. I'm not about to beg you for nothing. If I'm going to tell you how I feel, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you how you feel and then if if those if those things don't match or I don't feel like I'm like, you know, that I'm going to be happy, 
then I'm just going to walk away. Like, I'm not going to beg you to marry me. Like, <laughs> like that's just, and I, and, and I know it may not be that for some people, but to me, that's how it sounds, right? I'm not about to beg you to marry me. Now, am I going to talk about, well, are we going towards marriage? Are, and, and what's your timeline versus what my timeline is? But I'm not going to say, marry me by December 31st, 2020. Not any, not in any seriousness at all, because I just feel like that is forcing someone um, to do something because they're afraid of you losing you. Now, is that your fault? Like, nobody should be afraid of losing you to the point where they can't communicate to you what they actually need, right? But I'm also not going to impose those things on my partner. Like, I just, and I don't think I could date somebody who would take an ultimatum seriously because I want a free thinker as well yeah. now if you're on drugs I'm like you absolutely need to stop doing drugs yeah. <laughs> extreme extreme circumstances but even that I'm like I'm not about to beg you to stop doing drugs yeah. like I'm gonna tell you how I feel and I'm talking crack you know I'm, I'm like I'm talking like <laughs> I'm talking crackhead I'm talking heroin I'm talking meth I'm talking you ain't got no teeth um <laughs> Like, I'm going to tell you, but I'm also just going to be like, okay, like, I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to beg you to do anything. No. Yeah, I'm definitely, and this is when I get caught up in, maybe it's the Capricorn in me, maybe it's the, the wording, but I don't need anyone, but I want you to the point of the choice thing. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you are a choice and I am a choice. So at any mm -hmm. point in time, you can choose to do whatever part of marriage is choosing that one person for better, for worse, for richer, for like whatever, right. you know, they say in the vows or whatever you choose your vows to be, but it's your choice. And every day you wake up and you choose that person or you choose to choose that person. Yeah. And to me, that's what it should always be. You always have the option. Um, and hopefully that opt like we're agreeing that the option is me and you know, my option is them. Um, so I'm not, I'm not doing It'll be a rainy day in hell before I mop the ocean first. <laughs> but you know, uh, not for everybody. Not for everybody. I understand. Or maybe it's just um, it could also be different, different verbiage. Because even even in the comments of the Deval and and Kadeen clip, you could tell a lot of people were saying the same thing, but the actual words that they were using, yeah, it was with different mm -hmm. language or kind of what different things stuck out. Um, to them, uh, but yeah, it, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just can't see myself begging to be oppressed. I just, no. I just can't see that. But I mean, also, I will say, and my therapist talked told me this one time because my partner comes from a two parent household, and I come from the exact opposite. Mm. That I can be that I have shown resentment towards people who grow up in two parent households and happy marriages. And I've never seen that for myself. Right. And that comes from what the trauma that I experienced growing up in, a, in, in the household that I did. So like having that love for marriage for some people feels some, it feels completely different or it comes from a different place. And I know that I'm cynical. Right. And so it's just like, no, I'm not, I'm not begging to be oppressed by marriage. Like, no, but over time I've seen, and you know, it takes this, uh, it, clearly this one person has come along and changed my entire feelings about it. Because three years ago I was like, I'm about to be Tracy Ellis Ross in this bitch. Like I'm not about to have no kids. I'll be like, single. I'm be doing fucking Pilates on Instagram. <laughs> I'm not going to give a fuck. 
And, you know, sometimes that one person comes along and you're like, damn, everything I thought or everything I, you know, everything I knew to be true for myself has changed. Yeah. And so I do think my perspective on me, because I do want to marry him, right? I do, I do want to spend the rest of my life with him. I do want that paperwork. Um, I do want a wedding, you know, like I do want those things and it's okay to actively admit that. And it's taken me a lot of time in therapy in order to get to this point where I can actually verbalize that without feeling like I am being a, a, a traitor to my own logic, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think too, there's a difference speaking from a woman's point of view. There's a difference between wanting to be married and wanting to be married to a specific person. And I think my desire mm. is greatly tied to yes. me seeing that person and wanting that for us. Like, and I've yeah. talked about this of my, like my desire for kids and whatever route I need to take to get there is so much stronger than my desire to be married. You know, like, yeah. it's like, Oh, if marriage don't happen, what, you know, it's whatever. But I'm like, Nope, if I can't physically have kids, it'll be adoption. Like whatever it needs. Like my yeah. desire for that is stronger compared to marriage at this point who's, and it's separate yeah who's and who's to say to your point if someone were to come along that could completely change and it's like wow i was talking a whole bunch of shit but everything i, I everything know I everything said i said before, just jumped out the window right uh, yeah and, and that kind of goes to this tweet that i made the other day because i was again having this internal fight with myself um, after I had this conversation or around the time i was going to have this conversation with my partner about like the timeline for being married and I was just really asking myself, do I actually want to be married because I want to be married? Or is it because I'm seeing people be engaged and I'm seeing people mm. getting married and I'm seeing yeah. weddings on my timeline? And I, and I think there's this underlying desire for women. And I'm speaking generally, but this, this, I, I'm, I'm worthy of marriage too. I'm worthy yeah. of being engaged too. I'm worthy of a man feeling like they should scoop me up. And, and so the underlying, and does that make me a weaker woman or does that make me a, you know, like some simp or something like that? No, but you know, yeah. these societal pressures exist for a reason. And these types of things are very, very real. And so I even have to take the time to check myself and my feelings um, to say like, girl, you just, you just, you tripping cause you just saw somebody get engaged. Like yeah. you're good. Like you don't need to prove to anybody that you're worthy of being married. It's really not that deep. Even when you think for women, and again, this is general, but like from childhood with Disney and finding your prince and even again, with all of the sitcoms, the black sitcoms coming back on Netflix, they're in search of a man or like trying to find a man to be with, right. regardless of if it's a relationship or marriage, but like that's what they're even like very accomplished women of different things. It ain't enough degrees. And I see it all the time. Like it ain't enough degrees of career accomplishments that can really hold weight. It seems to getting married or, or, you know, or, or having a baby, um, at least having a baby, at least, at least having go ahead and wrap up this conversation, but please do tweet us and shout us out on Instagram. Tell us what you think. Like, are you ready to get married? If so, why? Um, why did you get married? Why are you married? Um, yeah, just let us know what you think. We'll definitely have to have a part two. Of oh yeah. We're going to have a part two and we're going to bring in some married folks, um, to, to answer some, some of the other questions where we kind of fall short because we are not married. Cause what, what the fuck, fuck do we know? know? So yeah. we're going to bring in the experts. We're going to bring in some guests. So stay tuned for that.
And I just want to do a tone check for all of you boneheads who are saying that you're not voting um, or saying that you're going to vote for Kanye West. I just really need you to go maybe drink some bleach um, because I just don't understand the stupidity of throwing away your vote. Right. And so it's not about it's not about voting for uh, the lesser of two evils, whatever. We all know that the current person in the red house, in the in the white, not the red house, Lord. Shit, it is a red house. Red, I'm calling it the red house now. That's how racist it is. And the person in the white house right now, our few, like we have no future. We have, we have no future if we if we reelect him. So like Biden and, and Kamala Harris are really the only options that we have. No, they are not perfect at all. And it does not stop at the ballot box. But if you do not go to the ballot box and cast your vote, then we really will have no options. We will not be able to hold anybody accountable. Parties. Right. Between, right. <laughs> do not. <laughs> as, a, as a former parliamentarian in protocols and traditions of, of organizations like abstaining from voting and voting for a third party when we have a two-party system is a waste like i people say it's my right and i shouldn't be forced to vote like this is the right. game that we're in so we have to like, play it this is the right. reality of it yeah you have to you have to play the game if you want change start change but not 15 and a half days before right. a make or break election like that's right. not when the time you know i i i appreciate the the conversation and discourse about like you can't even you know with with different folks saying of like you can't um you have to earn my vote and things like that i Absolutely. do believe that's true you can't just say because you black you oh hell no now i'll skin focus can folk i work for the government and i see it every day read, that's all i'll yeah, say yeah read read the room like yeah. now is not the time to say i'm gonna write in somebody because they're not like it's just not a viable just, the, math, the math not yeah. oh math is not going to work um and now is not the time similar to folks who did it 16 i mean this is how we got 16, i mean well, that's like, how we got here but also like white females. women deciding that they were going to choose their yeah, white i'm gonna over vote for this guy because i I believe I don't like Hillary in those emails and her pantsuits and I don't want to do Lord would I love to like, see Hillary in a pantsuit right now. Um, so, yeah. so here's the thing. So this is my tone check. For all of you out there, the, the wokest of the wokest crowd, I love you, but please do us a favor. Go vote in this two-party system and vote for the Biden-Harris ticket. That's all I can say. And we will continue to do this work. Like, you know, I do this work every day in in in, in my everyday life. Yeah. I'm I'm constantly fighting the, fighting these types of fight more on a local level than it is on a national level, of course. But it's like mm -hmm. this does not begin or end with a presidential election. But let me tell you, this presidential election is one of the most. I know we said 2016 is like this fool getting another term where he knows that he he has nothing to lose after this. I just really need y'all to check yourself. Yeah, I oh and then goodness. like don't listen to Ice Cube and P Diddy. Look, they're both black and rich, and they believe in capitalism, and capitalism is not going to save black people. So they think that they're smart, and, and P Diddy tweeted out something about starting his own black party. Just because you have money does not make you a political activist or. And allegedly. He didn't start that. A black woman did a while ago. He came on and then basically not supporting. Why am I not surprised? 
Why am I not surprised? If that is true, I am I not. That yeah, right if that's tweet, true, so. then I am yeah, also just but. not surprised. But yeah, black capitalism or that is just not listening to black rich people is also not a thing that I would suggest, right? <laughs> like, you know, take the eighty thousand dollars instead of the lunch with Sean Carter. It's okay. Like, <laughs> and, and also, and, and, and not to be funny because there are, you know, celebrities or, or black people who are rich who actually do have something to say, but they also lean on the people who are actually doing these, this work and the activists who are actually on the ground. And so even if this rumor is true about P Diddy co-opting this from, from another person, just, that's just a prime example of like how you either started something fresh when there's already people doing this work or you co-opted something and has, and now it's, it's turned into something that's not as serious because you've decided to put your name on it. Um, and so either of those options just don't make sense. So I'm just making a last ditch effort, a plea. Just check yourself. When you go into that booth, check yourself. And if you, and if you mailing in your ballots, I hope you would have already mailed it in by now because apparently because they trying to take you USPS away from us. If you put it in any later than about two weeks ago, it's not going to make it. (laughs) And so, yeah, yeah, definitely exercise your right to vote. And then also I feel like there is a, so much more that I could be educated on, especially Mm -hmm. at the local level um, of like government and how the communities work too. But also people to realize, go out and vote. Yes, it's important. But I think people also feel like, oh, my vote doesn't count. Or that's the only thing. That's the only civic duty that mm-hmm. I have to do is voting. And it's like voting is one lever exactly. of that you should be doing to be engaged exactly. in that So it's not, oh, you, and then it's not, oh, only voting every four years. You got judges, like, you no. got measures, you got yes. all this stuff you need to, yeah. All these different things at the city, state level that really you would see the impacts on the day-to-day. So understand that, know who you're voting for, vote in those elections. A lot of people who didn't like Biden, they said, why couldn't we have someone else who was really focused on all these things? And it's like, Motherfucker, you just ran down uh, Elizabeth Warren's platform. You just ran down. Did you vote in the primaries? Oh, no, you didn't. Now this is why we're left with this. Like, so even being engaged continuously, um, and I I even have to do a better job if I think of compared to four years ago versus now of like paying more attention than just the presidential election. Um, but yeah, be more involved. Be more involved in your community. Um, understand what's going on in your community. Absolutely. And And I think Van Jones, he said it best. He was on Red Table Talk a few weeks ago. um, And he said, you're not going to gain everything from, I'm paraphrasing, you're not going to gain everything from voting, but you will lose everything by not voting. Um, And so I feel like that's a beautiful sentiment. Just want to leave you guys with that. But hope you enjoyed our second episode of Queen Town. And we will be back. If you can, take the day off after the you ain't gotta you ain't gotta be that's the mistake you know I made. what in 2016, i might do that i was i was around people who didn't vote and people who voted yeah for that motherfucker and i had to sit in an all-day workshop with them damn um, i might have to do that that's actually a really good suggestion yeah thank i mean that that may be a that may be a, a plus for being remote i'm just <laughs> well camera. true um, well i love all the memes that's like black people when the camera's off and it was like <laughs> and then that fake laughter when you un- when you unmute <laughs> and then you go back on mute so true another day we're gonna have to have a story about how my hair constantly changes <laughs> really don't, really don't know. that's hilarious <laughs> niggas that's really hilarious. don't know 
Um, but yes, this is um, our episode of Queen Tone. Um, until we'll see then, y'all in two weeks. This episode was produced by us and edited by Dana Cole. Our theme music is the track Same by Ricky Ells. Be sure to check it out on all streaming platforms. For questions, comments, feedback, or topic suggestions, hit us up at queentonepod at gmail.com. Be sure to also check us out and follow on Instagram and Twitter at queentonepod. Thanks for listening.